When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. You're tuning in live or check it out after the fact on across all of the WrestlingInc.com platforms, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, wherever, whatever you're doing. We appreciate you and hope you enjoy the next hour here on our post-AEW Dynamite podcast. I am Justin Labar, sandwiched here in Pittsburgh in between my two wonderful co-hosts, the bread in the north, Jimmy Corderas up in Toronto, the bread in the south, Issa, the Demon Diva down in Puerto Rico. Hello to both of you. How are we doing, Isa? I am doing great. I'm still recovering from a crazy, busy weekend, but I'm excited to talk mm. some dynamite. 
Yeah, we'll get into your we'll get into a little uh, Issa diary from Nashville here in a second. Jimmy, how is it north of the border? It's very warm and very dry. Uh, you know, normally you say, "Oh, why does it have to rain?" We're we're hoping for some rain up here. It is a little too dry. <laughs> uh, Issa, let's talk real quick about Nashville. You were there. Uh, it was the center of the wrestling world the last weekend. Of course, all the festivities around SummerSlam, the Undertaker's one night show, uh, and then of course capping it off on Sunday night. Rick Flair's last match, of course, also Starcast going on. I know you attended all of these things. Um, yes, I did. G- g- give me the give me the play by play. Give me the highlights here. I, I I couldn't even keep up with what you were doing. I, I was trying, <laughs> but I, I I still am backlogged a little bit on stuff of yours that I wanted to see. I I had an amazing, incredible weekend. Very busy, a lot of work. I think that the most surreal experience for me was getting to be backstage for Ric Flair's last match. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about the Forbidden Door. That was the Forbidden Door. That was the real Forbidden Door. The names of the people that were backstage, just showing some respect, showing some love for Ric Flair. It was incredible just to see the amount of legends and new up up and comers people from different companies all there just hanging out backstage showing some respect for rick flair i got to go to starcast i got a couple of really good interviews i got to talk to claudio i got to talk to rikishi i got i i got to talk to uh the briscoes i mean it was it was a fun weekend i got to go to the tryouts for wwe that was fun to see you know what what the future could hold in nxt and wwe again it was an incredible weekend and where can everybody uh, see these interviews? Where are they at? Uh, Lucha Libre Online, also my YouTube channel. So you got some that are in Spanish and some that are in English. You got a little bit of both, right? Correct, correct. I got to talk to Andrade right before uh, Sunday morning. I got to talk to Andrade right before oh. the, the match with Ric Flair. So that was that was a highlight for me. I got to hang out with Hugo and Carlos Cabrera, the voices that made me fall in love with wrestling. I got to share a drink with with the two guys that made me want to sit here and talk wrestling. So probably the biggest highlight for the weekend for me was just sitting there talking to the two guys that call every match that I listened to growing up, falling in love with professional wrestling. That was that was awesome for me. I, I'm gonna have to check that out and see that just because I, I wouldn't recognize them if they're not sitting in front of a broken table. So that's 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 cool here <laughs> having a drink with you. Uh, Very cool. Hey, I want to ask you this too, because um. You know, obviously, Ric Flair's last match, obviously the biggest talking point of the of the event itself is Ric Flair's last match. Uh, you were there live. What? How, how did that come off to you? Because I did not watch it live, full disclosure. I, we had a, an IWC wrestling show here that evening. Mm-hmm. so But I did, you know, see viral clips and I, I, enough to piece the match together, so to speak. And it seems like, from what I've gathered, but I want to know if you fall into this bucket, that if you're there live, the energy, the atmosphere, the legend, as you mentioned, uh, it seemed to like people were satisfied. But it seems a lot of people at home more vocal of like this is hard to watch how did it come off to you i i i feel very 50 50 on it um i i love the atmosphere the energy i love seeing that rick flair at this age at this point of his career can just draw like that like this man is still a draw and you have to admit it that place was fully sold out the energy was insane but at the same time just seeing him wrestle it was just something that i couldn't help but to feel i don't need to see this again but if it's a closure, it's an honor to to get to be there. And like I said, the people that were backstage supporting Ric Flair in this event just goes to show you just the respect and the love that this man has, you know, in, in the world of professional wrestling. I I couldn't, from where I was at, right, my spot, I couldn't really get to enjoy the match 
to the best because I couldn't see very much of it. Uh, I was trying to get the best view of the entrances, you know, because I wanted to see Rick walk out again in, in the robe and do all of that. Um, so I couldn't really watch the match itself. Um, I could see some spots. I know it slowed down a little bit when Rick was tagged in, but overall, you know, just because it was such a big deal with it being his last match. Hopefully it is his last match. Um, I, I personally thought out of respect from one of the greatest professional wrestlers there is. It was it was just cool to be there and seeing the people again that attended that showed up just to show Rick some love and respect goes to show you just how respected and adored this man is. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, again, congrats uh, to all the work yes. you did. And I'm glad to see you getting all these uh, all those opportunities. It's awesome. Listen, you, you're the one who got me here talking wrestling. You're one of the people who, who talked me into doing this. So thank you. I, 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 sh- I helped show you the door. You, you walk through it and everything else. So. Yeah, um, all, all, all Justin could do is give you the opportunity. You took it and you made it work. And uh, this, I enjoy doing Wednesday nights with you both. Well, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's dive in here. Uh, before we get to what happened here tonight live with Wednesday night, let's, uh, Mark Harrison has a super chat. Mark, I'm going to bring it up on the screen in a second, but I will uh, lead into your super chat with uh, one piece of news that we will uh, talk about. Now, I, I, I won't say update because he's just going to get mad if I say update. This is just more of a reminder of where it's we're not at. not an update. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to do with MJF. Uh, of course, MJF uh, has not been seen uh, for months now. Uh, of course, you know, last, you know, had the match with the very short match with Wardlow at double or nothing. And then on the next dynamite, he's on her mic screaming, fire me, Tony, you F and Mark. And we haven't seen him since mm-hmm. a lot of debate and speculation, all of it, which we covered in the past of, is this an elaborate work? Is it a, is it a, is it a work to turn into a shoot? Is it a shoot to turn into a work? Uh, you know, all the things. Uh, and we haven't not gotten really anything since here's just kind of the, mm-hmm. not the update, but the reminder of where things are at. Uh, according to fightful who had a, um, uh, who had a story they put out today, which basically saying that uh, you know Fightful has been trying themselves, countless attempts to follow up on what happened, and not no AEW talent, no staffer, nobody uh, admits at least to having any conversations lately with MJF mm-hmm. since that famous promo. Uh, people who work with him in other avenues or are close to him have also stated that he's kind of avoiding them without contact. Um, MJF did have some opportunities in LA, uh, which is where he delivered that famous promo. Uh, he apparently stayed there and had some non wrestling stuff that 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 he was dealing with so you know questions about what other entertainment projects he might be fielding um and reportedly he's been in new jersey filming uh with the cast of impractical jokers which does air mm-hmm. on true tv which is part of the uh the family um that that aew airs on in television so it's unclear if he's appearing on the show impractical jokers or if he will appear in some other project that features a cast mm-hmm. member so that's not even known um was also added in the report that no one has even overheard tony khan talking about mjf or his feelings about him uh tony apparently at least being very tight-lipped at least if he's talking about it, it's behind closed doors and secrecy. Uh, anyone asked about MJF in the pro wrestling community emphasizes that they haven't spoke to him since he walked out of AEW uh, back in May. So, uh, and then I get into real quick, the super Jack super chat question from Mark Harrison. Thank you, Mark. He says MJF officially a shoot. And if no, is TK a fool? Uh, Jimmy, you've been around this business longer than any of us. Uh, you've seen your share of shoots, you've seen your share of works, and you've seen your share of one or the other that turns into one or the other. Mm-hmm. Give me uh, the temperature that you are uh, getting right now as we are several months removed. I mean, it, it, let, me set, let me set you up here. Okay. For my, with my, if this is a work, they're playing the long game here. <laughs> yeah. Let me put it to you this way. 
I have no idea if this is a work or a shoot, and that is what I love most about this because we're in an era now where everything gets out there, the peek behind the fourth wall or the behind the curtain. Everybody, you, you go to a website, you check out the latest news, here's some insider info and stuff like that. So if this is an elaborate work that they are doing right now, hats off to them, cheers big time because they are keeping it out of people's minds and making people think, uh, oh, yes, this is a shoot. No, this is a work. So uh, I'm on the fence with this. It, it, could, it can go either way. Either way, I am just excited because if this is an elaborate work, they're taking their time with it. They're not telling anybody. And if whoever is in the know is not talking. I love it. I love that. Well, you know, Issa, like to, to offer Jimmy's point here, I mean, I, I guess they're at the point now where, you know, like, it seemed like if it was if it was an obvious work that they would have like tried to cash in or pay it off by now. Like, I mean, they, they've let some real time going by, and with the fact that they've had they have serious stars who are who are injured and sidelined, they could certainly use one of their arguably one of their hottest commodities in MJF. So the fact that they're not, it makes you kind of go, "There's more to this." Uh, there is a lot of realism, just given the cards that are being dealt right now. But I will say this: if MJF does pop out at all out, or if he pops up at any point later on on AEW television. AEW kind of has the luxury because no, because to Jimmy's point, nobody's talking. AEW has a luxury to kind of go, aha, it was our big elaborate plan all along. Even if it wasn't, even if it's to, even if it takes some counseling between Tony and MJF, uh, that's kind of where it's at. Is that it, it, unless he just does not show up on TV until his contract expires in 2024, which would be mind boggling. But otherwise, AEW has the benefit of the doubt because everything's been kept under wraps that they can spin their own narrative if and when he shows up. Yes, of course they have that benefit, and if this is uh, if this is a work and 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 everybody's keeping it a secret i gotta give them props because we live in a time and age where, where nothing gets nothing gets this level of secrecy right like the fact that nobody has an update on what's going on with njf and where we're gonna see him on tv tony Khan does have a roster in which when a big star is missing you 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 can get away with maybe not necessarily missing them as much because you have so many other big names there. But I will say MJF is one that I wonder every week, is this going to be the week where we see him come back? You know, when MJF went down with, I'm sorry, when CM Punk went down with injury, I thought it was like the perfect time to say, okay, let's just throw out whatever it is that we're doing with MJF and just bring him back. If, if they have managed to get away with, you know, not bringing him back yet, more props to them. But at the same time, we do have a lot of changes in WWE. A lot of people are looking at WWE differently right now because of all the things that we're finding out, the people that are in charge of creative. So if I'm Tony Khan, I'm going to sit down and have a real conversation with MJF if there's a real issue there and try to fix that and bring him right back because you probably do not want to lose MJF to the competition right now. Right. And, you know, and, and great point, Issa. And I, I made this I made a, I made a similar comment to Jimmy Monday night after Raw, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it in now in this context again, which is, you know, AEW's had the luxury the last couple of years of having the new car smell of being the alternative and, and WWE just kind of had the redundancy, the stale kind of uh, feel to them. Uh, mm -hmm. And now if Vince truly is, you know, really not making day to day decisions about creative and certainly, you know, WWE's got a great bit of momentum with how they book their show since Triple H's. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it does feel like there is a, a whole new kind of revitalization of, hey, maybe it's a little attractive now to to go back over to WWE. Now that Triple H is the guy who can put you into a WrestleMania main event and he sees the business a little bit differently, a little bit more maybe modern. Uh, yeah, if there is real issues with MJF and Tony Khan, Tony might want to sit down and kind of because in a weird way, this this shift of of, of narrative and, and, and reputation over in WWE right now uh 
kind of gives MJF some leverage in some respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, his, you know, his contract doesn't expire, as he says, until Jane 1 of 2024, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of time. But, you know. Um, hey, if he's willing to wait it out, there's always the Royal Rumble for a big surprise. Wouldn't that be? Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be? Something? I want to point out too. Uh, this is not a super chat, but I, I it just it did come across on the chat, and I think it's worth mentioning. George says Tony is making us forget about MJF. It's gone way too long. Not a good work if it is. That's a fair. Uh, I, I, it is a fair point, but I disagree with it because out of sight, out of mind. What makes this thing? And please, one of you, if you if you do think of it, when we get when we get talking later about the main event. Buzz me and remind me that there's something I wanted to say here. I don't want to. I don't want to give it away just yet because you triggered something uh, when when you were talking there, Justin. So uh, um, I, I, I'm one of those people that like that the out of sight, out of mind, and then when it does, if it does happen, you go, "Oh, that's right, MJF." They haven't talked about him. They haven't mentioned him. They they took him out of their promo packages. They took him out of their opening. They, you know, don't follow him on Twitter anymore and the whole bit. So you know. Uh, for me, it's it's working if it is a work. Well, the iron. Well, I know you don't want to give away your finish, Jimmy. So we'll keep your finish for later. The irony is this kind of, this kind of reminds me of, of summer 2011. It's kind of like in some ways what I what WWE probably should have done with Punk after the pipe bomb and he and he 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 wins the title and and or, you know and, like walks out and she, like they sh- they 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 should have let things go a little longer and breathe and really get people wondering and guessing and then of course you know they they just couldn't help themselves you know but. yeah but when WWE does these storylines wise they always put on the the fake they're getting a fine they're being suspended mm-hmm. indefinitely we haven't even seen that from yeah. the MJF aspect of it we haven't even seen a comment he's being open about not talking about him at the press scrum so it really really makes you wonder i i i'm with jimmy i love the fact that you have to sit here and wonder is it at work is it a shoot we don't know and i absolutely love that but i will say one thing i think mjf is not going to be out of sight out of mind i think people will continue to talk about him i think people will continue to say where is mjf what is going on with him and that is Awesome for MJF, you know, like like for, for him to be able to be gone this long and for us to still be sitting here talking about him. This was back in May. So many things have happened in professional wrestling, especially with the news. And the fact that we're all still wondering what's going on with MJF is really, really good for him and his stock. Mm-hmm. For sure. For Absolutely. sure. All right. So there's the reminder of where we're at with the MJF story of just, mm-hmm. just kind of a lack of. A lack of of, any, of anything really silence mm-hmm. so um all right so we'll uh we'll, we'll of course constantly keep an eye on that um let's jump into the dynamite tonight coming to you from the ohio state university in columbus ohio mm-hmm. kick it off with orange cassidy versus jay lethal um you know we see a little bit as they fight to the top of the ramp with Saddam singh out there of course all seven foot plus of him uh mm-hmm. chuck comes out with trent on his shoulders to try to combat the height to try to uh mm-hmm. uh to, to you know even the odds there with the big pan, kind of a funny little spot. Uh, we get back in the ring. Uh, Lethal working on Orange Cassidy's left ankle. That's the real focus here is just destroying that ankle. Uh, Cassidy even struggles to do his orange punch because he can't keep up on that leg. Finally, Jay Lethal wins by hitting his lethal injection. Post-match, Sanjay Dutt comes out with Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh, cuts a promo on Wardlow, uh, you know, basically kind of, you know, just, you know, Talking down on Wardlow, they say uh, they put they put Orange Cassidy in the figure four because they want Wardlow to get out there. They get Wardlow out there. They, of course, run off being the heels, and they challenge Wardlow to defend his title this Saturday at the Battle of the Belts 3, which Wardlow, of course, as the fighting babyface champion, mm-hmm. accepts. So Wardlow defending the TNT title against Jay Lethal. So uh, a lot to unpack here, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, obviously, Jay Lethal. 
probably not a coincidence. They put him in the opening segment, which is usually the top rated segment when he's coming off of a main event match mm-hmm. against Ric Flair. Uh, would you agree? Yeah. I, you know, that's, that's probably one of the deciding factors in putting him in that match. And also Orange Cassidy is hugely over with that audience. So it, it doesn't make sense to put them in that spot. And I, I love the fact that this match told a bit of a story too. And you said, that, that, you know, Jay Lethal working over the left ankle of Orange Cassidy, and he was actually selling it as opposed to, you know, he couldn't perform certain moves because he was selling his ankle. So it shows that Orange Cassidy, despite the, the ha-ha and the gaga that he does, does get the storytelling aspect of a match in pro wrestling. And I like the fact that at the end of the match, you know, I think the right guy went over, Jay Lethal wins with the lethal injection to finish actually working finally. Mm-hmm. And with Wardlow coming out and the heels powdering, there wasn't uh, a confrontation. There wasn't physicality. I like that. Issa, what did you think of this opener? Yeah, I absolutely loved this opening match. I thought it was an excellent idea to capitalize on the fact that Jay Lethal have so many people talking about him after this weekend. At some point, you do have to put Orange Cassidy in the winning side of things. You know, like he's putting on some great matches, but he's always losing. I love I love the selling of the leg, and I absolutely love the confidence of Warlow. There's just something about Warlow saying, I don't care who I face. I don't care when and where. He just has that confidence of, I'm going to successfully defend, you know, defend my title, which I appreciated that. But I do think that Orange Cassidy, while we know he can put on some great matches in the ring, he always ends up in the losing side of things, and I do feel that at some point, you do have to put him in the winning side of things. Yeah. I, I want to, again, also Jump on there. I love I, the selling of Orange Cassidy. Right the, um, when he got when when he got you know the the, the leg whip, the mm-hmm. way that he scrambled and 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 you know and rolled to get out of the ring to get away. You know, like it, it had a it had a real sense of urgency and panic that his leg actually a you know, leg or ankle something really did uh, not feel right. So yeah. tremendous selling. My actually my critique that kind of that bugged me about it. He did great. The fact that he he made a point to beeline himself as fast as he could, you know, to get out of the ring, he's on the outside. The fact the ref did not come at all to come check on him drove me nuts because quickly I'm processing. If I see the ref out there, the ref's checking, then there's like a chance this is is real. But to me, all that I could think is, no, the ref obviously heard they were going to plan this big spot. This was going to be this would be part of the cutoff, and the ref and the ref just took it as like another. And like, and that's what drove me nuts actually about it was like yeah. I thought Orange Cassidy did such a great job, and I'm, I was in it for this five seconds, and I'm like, ref, get over there. I'm like, oh, ref's not over there because it's uh, that's see that's and that's the disconnect I have with some of the officiating that I see on Wednesday nights is the referee, the, you know, guys go out and fight or girls go out to the foot. I knew I trigger you. Long, I knew yeah. I would trigger you. Yeah go out to the floor and fight for long periods of time. The referee should be counting, but they jump out there and, and start to, Hey, get back in the ring, get back in the ring. I get, there's a way to fudge the numbers where it doesn't look as obvious, but you don't, they, they, they let talent go out there and fight way too long outside. And then in a case like this, where you should be going outside and checking on somebody, he doesn't do it. That is a, a very good observation, Justin. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, again, great, a, a good story here, as you said, a great uh, a finish for Jay Lethal uh, working, uh, and it gets us to the business of, of this Saturday of uh, Wardlow versus Jay Lethal. Obviously, I don't think any of us think there's any chance in a, in a cold day of hell of uh, Wardlow dropping this TNT title right now. But of course, you want to feature Wardlow, feature and act like Jay Lethal again, who's on um, you know on a lot of people's minds and mouths right now. So, good call that I can get behind for this Saturday. Yeah. 
Uh, up next, we get the undisputed elite in the ring. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole, baby, out there with Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, the Young Bucks. Um, Cole gets out there. They're all standing tall. They all look like they're on the same page. Cole talking about he's not medically cleared still. Uh, so he is just in street clothes. So, But he does talk about the upcoming trios tournament. Um, this he's talking about right after he talks about loyalty and his friendship he has with the Bucks. And the Bucks are the reason why he got to AEW. And he notes Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby Fish has traveled the world with these guys. But then he talks about that trios tournament that's upcoming. And he turns to the Bucks. He says, guys, we got a problem here. He's like, I'm not medically cleared. And Kyle O'Reilly's not cleared. And, you know, you're not going to be with Bobby Fish. And quite frankly, you guys aren't even going to be physically healthy. And then, and then they, they're not sure what's going on. Fish and, uh, and O'Reilly attack them from behind. And, of course, Adam Cole um, uh, jumps in on this. So Adam Cole, so no, the Undisputed Elite is done. It is back to just Cole, uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. And then just as they are getting ready to continue the beatdown on the Bucks, here comes Hangman Adam Page to make the save. And Page and the Bucks embrace. So, Ethan, uh, I, 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 I thought this was pretty enjoyable, uh, pretty, you know, compelling. I did not see when they came out there. I did not see Cole and company turning on the Bucks uh, tonight. Uh, I, I thought this was 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 a good a, a good thing that kind of was just snuck in there and as the number two thing tonight. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this. Uh, I thought it was funny to hear Adam Cole talking about loyalty in wrestling, where, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling has given me all of my trust issues in life because you can't trust anyone. <laughs> so the more that he went on talking about loyalty, I kept thinking there's going to be a turn on someone here, right? Um, I thought it was very well done. It was great to see Adam Cole back in the ring. Hopefully, you know, they're clear to go soon. I, I love seeing Hangman Adam Page make the save here. I, I think I shared it with you guys about how when Omega comes back, I would rather see him in a singles division more than the trios division. So I do not have a problem with the Young Bucks, you know, teaming up with Hangman Adam Page, and maybe we'll see Kenny Omega come back and kind of go more into the singles division. Uh, I thought this was very well executed, very well done, and I'm very curious. At the same time, I have to say, I couldn't help but to wonder, with Triple H now in charge, don't you wonder what he would have done with Adam Cole if he was still with WWE? Because I do. Mm. Are you thinking the same three letters I am as the next kind of H B K? Um, possibly, Jimmy. I know. Okay. I know you. You get me, Jimmy. You get I, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see it too. I see it too. And again, there you go. It's you know you talk about the changes in the other place. It, it, maybe it'll help uh, AEW in the, as well because maybe they'll they'll get out of that comfort zone that they seem to be locked in that you know tunnel vision, so to speak, with their presentation every week. Maybe they'll start thinking outside the box and and look at expanding their audience like we've been talking about for weeks now. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's the big thing, right? It, 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 it all comes down to numbers. It all comes down to audience. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know Raj, um, you know, I know even though he's traveling the world, I think he's in Paris right now. Yeah. Uh, complaining nice. as he's staying in like a, a two-story <laughs> luxury mansion and 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 Paris, he's complaining about the temperature on the one floor and the temperature or, or, on the one. Or how he took the stairs to climb up oh the, the Eiffel God. Tower. Oh. I was like, I, I almost muted him. I'm going to yes. mute him until he's done traveling the world. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, he's drinking his wine. He's complaining about it. I'm like, you're being so bougie. Stop tweeting about it. Um, <laughs> I love Raj. I'm, I'm glad yeah. he and his family deserve the time. Um, but but no, but my, my point being, Raj still staying active on Twitter. Uh, he always likes to dissect the numbers and, and noting, you know, um, you know, AEW numbers year over year, especially as it uh, pertains to Rampage, it's not, 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 not growing. Um, no. 
And that's that's what they need to do. They, they you got to grow the audience, and there's a lot of a lot of talk going on, obviously with you know again TV deals for them too, and and, mm-hmm. and mergers, and 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 so uh, a lot to watch right now that AEW. Yeah. You know, a lot of things to watch on business metrics that, that, that of what's going to happen in the next few years. So this is cr- truly a critical next eighteen months for both WWE and AEW, both having Absolutely. TV deals that need to re- be redone. WWE obviously now having Triple H at the at the at the wheel. Uh, just a lot, a lot to look right. at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think you know, Jimmy, I think Eric Bischoff had a very interesting comment recently. He said, um, he kind of put down Tony Khan for saying. That, you know, Tony Khan said, you know, that we we are we're in competition with WWE, and, and Bischoff said no. He said you're in you're in the same business as WWE, but you're not in competition with WWE. Right. Relating it to a mom and pop hamburger store saying that they're you know in, mm-hmm. in competition with McDonald's. Uh, well, very, I, very interesting comparisons. It is an interesting comparison. I think maybe uh, maybe Eric Bischoff underplayed it a little bit. I think they're doing better than a mom and pop place, but at the same time. The, uh, like I said, they have to grow their audience and they have to start thinking, uh, look, we have to stop catering to just one specific hardcore audience and start thinking outside the box. Yeah, I, I agree with Jimmy here. I think I personally, I, I respect that they're catering to this hardcore audience. They are the ones who made them what they are today. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, any company needs some ROI. They they need to see some growth. And, and we're not seeing that in AEW and the numbers are showing that. So you need you also need to start catering to those casual viewers mm-hmm. that are so rare these days in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, up next would be the women. And we're talking about uh, in the first at hour. 8.30 p.m. <laughs> Talking on the first hour, uh, so certainly, you know, WWE's had a pretty good run in the last 10 days with how they've presented their women, and all of a sudden we get a women's tag team match bumped up a little earlier in the show here as Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter up against the Thunderstorm of Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. Uh, I want to say, I think uh, I think, Thund- I think the Thunderstorm, I think they work well. I think I like, they, they felt like a, they felt like a tag team to me. Uh, I like the presentation. I like the, the, the little bit of cooperation they had in there. Uh, that said, I also want to give a shout out to Jamie Hader with a double power slam on both Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. Great display oh. of power by mm-hmm. her. Ultimately, though, with a little help of Britt Baker, she's going to uh, f- uh, cause uh, Tony Storm uh, and Thunder Rosa to collide. That's going to let Hader give a short arm lariat to Storm for the win uh, for Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. So uh, Baker and Hader, they stand tall. We get a little more establishment of, of, of Thunderstorm. And again, the women just getting featured. So if you're not you're not used to seeing in the first hour. Issa, I, I thought of you immediately. I knew that you were probably happy seeing this uh, not be pegged at that 9.30 spot. I I, I didn't know what to think. I was like, did Tony call, like, maybe his cell phone didn't adjust the time zone. Maybe he was still <laughs> in a different time zone because I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to feel here. It was a great match overall. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the action here. Uh, for a company that doesn't have a women's tag team division, they seem to be working very hard on giving us some tag team wrestling in the women's division. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain. The women's were on at a different time, and that is slow baby steps towards maybe doing something differently with the women's women's division we did hear madison rain is now part of the coaching team for the women's division in aw which i think is a big deal we also saw wwe make some major moves in their women's division this week with bailey coming back with that incredible faction at SummerSlam. we saw bianca and eo just main event monday night raw so i i think i personally hope that this is something that will make tony Khan step up his game and maybe start looking at the women's division differently i'm here for this overall i really enjoyed this match Mm-hmm. Jimmy, what say you? No, I enjoyed the match very much too. As just, but like you said, we haven't seen established women's tag 
teams. And I would like to see maybe them have a, a tournament to, 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 to see, you know, in some form or fashion where you can get some women together and have them tag on a regular basis. Or at least, you know, even if they're in singles matches, you, you know, you have guys in tag matches where they come out and have singles matches. Why not have little groups? Uh, I don't want to say factions, but, you know, where you have women's tag teams where they do occasionally wrestle in singles matches, but they have a good women's division. They have some talented women. Uh, I'm glad they utilized them early this week, like everybody else. But at the same time, there isn't really a women's tag division there. I think that's that's lacking right now. Yeah, and, and Issa mentioned shout out to Madison Rain, who was announced in a press release yes. today. She's going to be coaching uh, the women. She's also going to be apparently have some on screen and in ring time, uh, as, as they noted tonight. And I, 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 I think a lot of her, from everything I've heard, and I had one opportunity that worked opposite her a couple of years ago, uh, took a, a nice stiff right forearm from her. Uh, it wasn't stiff; it was, it was good. But I know, but but the way but the way she handled herself that day, the way I saw her interact with, um, I mean, obviously she was the most veteran uh, uh, woman that was in that locker room that day. Right. Uh, and the way that she uh, just handled herself with the other female talent who, again, much younger, much less experienced than her, I thought was really, really cool. Uh, she really took a time more so than I'd ever seen really with any other veteran female. So up to that point. So uh, here, so just from that one experience that I got to witness, hearing that she's been put in this uh, situation uh, for AEW, I think that's a great move for the office uh, and mm -hmm. for the growth of their women's division. Jimmy mentioned uh, factions and teams, and uh, there's no more Team Taz. They show the recap of Ricky Starks, and, of course, he loses the STW title to Hook, and then Powerhouse Hobbs is turning on him, and then they cut to Taz, who's been on commentary pretty regularly uh, these last mm -hmm. few weeks, ever since they moved to this format of one announced team in the first hour and then JR in the second hour. And mm -hmm. uh, Team Taz says he, you know, Team Taz is done. He's done with it. He wishes all the men involved the best of luck, but he is done with all the drama. Uh, kind of just a, a, you know, a way to explain he's no longer going to be managing a faction, and he's mm -hmm going to be sitting at the commentary table i i'm fine by this because quite frankly mm -hmm. i i never thought team taz really got rolling the way that maybe they envisioned i know tony khan obviously a huge original ecw fan so i'm not mm -hmm. surprised to have taz involved for that reason and because taz is a great talker uh so mm -hmm. but put him on the commentary table where he can talk the whole show mm -hmm. versus having him be one more faction and 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 a company that's full of gang war warfare quite frankly uh but isa uh, Team Taz, are, are you going to miss it? Are you going to shed a tear? Are you crying into your drink tonight? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I, I personally didn't think that Hobbs and Starks could continue as a tag team. They have lost so many shots at the tag team titles that I just don't see them as credible contenders as much as I love them individually. And that is the hint here. I love them individually. I think they're better off as singles wrestlers. I think, I think Ricky Starks is a star. And, and I can't wait to see what, what they end up doing with him. I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds for them. But overall, Starks and Hobbs as a tag team, I couldn't buy it anymore just because they lost so many shots at the tag titles. I think this is the right call. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, we, mm -hmm. uh, we have Starks and Hobbs. Who, like, who, like he said, they missed out on some opportunities. Brian Cage has just disappeared. I don't even know if he's on a contract still. I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, I mean, Hook was, Hook was, was kind of like the, the silent background. Mm -hmm. He's kind of the most over out of all of them uh, with mm -hmm. the crowd, this organic thing that would hook. Um, you that's know, the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. No, but that's the thing. Hook got over with the crowd organically and, and, and he hasn't been talking and that's unusual because you, you know, we always preach on here that you have to have some kind of character, some kind of charisma. You have to draw people in, talk people into the seats. Hook 
hasn't been talking people into he hasn't been talking period but they still has this something this aura about him that the crowd is gravitating towards they, they look at him and they get in the seats there you go there you go <laughs> so but you know when he does come out and he exhibits some personality maybe we will be pleasantly surprised i'm looking forward to that day we talk about hey i can't wait to see what happens here i can't wait to see what happens when he grabs that mic and cuts like who knows what kind of a promo well, that's the thing. I don't know what his voice, you know, again, I don't really know what his voice is. I, I, so I wonder, like, he has all the charisma with the song that he gets to come out to. And, you know, that, that, that cold-hearted, handsome devil that, you know, he's got me, God, he's got God, I look like him when I was in my early 20s. Good Lord. I mean, you know, what a, you know, now, 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 in, now in dad mode, I wish I looked like Randy Orton. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all. That's <laughs> or Billy Gunn. Or, or Billy, at grandpa um, mode. I mean, I look like Billy yeah, Gunn yeah. Uh, <laughs> in my 50s. Um Hook does have a charisma without having to speak much, but I do wonder that, that that can only go for so long. You eventually do. So I wonder, like, will they will they put his dad with him? Will they put Taz with him? Will he explode one day and just will he just completely shock us and have this great microphone presence that he's just you know not using right now? I don't know. Um, you never know. Yep. Uh, this one's for Jimmy. Uh-huh. Jody Shawn Jenkins. Uh, Jimmy Wardlow plus Hobbs equals high voltage two uh, I don't know about that, uh, high voltage 2.0, but that would be an interesting combination. Uh, definitely difficult to beat because you have two, two guys that are very dominating. So, uh, that's an interesting tag team to put together, but I like Wardlow as a singles right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wardlow and Hobbs are good. They're good gym buddies, but, um, yeah. Wardlow don't need no tag team right now. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Just leave him, leave him all on his own. Yeah. Please. <laughs> if, if anybody's gonna walk down the aisle with him, it's gonna be me. I'm gonna walk back down the aisle with him. You don't need no tag team. Uh, so not, I'm sorry, Justin okay. Labar. I will knock you out and take your spot then. Ah, there you go. <laughs> you gotta catch me first. I, hey, I might I might even have to throw the ref shirt back on if that match ever happens. Yep. Oh, it's on. <laughs> it's on. I will I will run you out in, in high oh, heels. I'll chase you, Justin Labar. Please, Lamar. I'll please I'll have I'll have Jimmy in my back pocket like Hebner was in Montreal. <laughs> uh, all right. So, <laughs> So then we, so then we get uh, some powerhouse Hobbs versus Ren Jones. Uh, 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 two words written down. Quick, quick squash. Um, yeah. yeah, classic, classic enhancement match. And you know what? It, 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 we don't see them nowadays, and I know people don't aren't big fans of them, but at, at times they do work. And in this case, it worked to, to establish Hobbs as the heel in this situation and a dominant one. I got to give a shout out to Excalibur. With the quote of the night that I called at least is uh, right after he beats Ren Jones and, and just as he's reacting to Ricky Stark's music who hits, which we'll get to that in a second, as Hobbs finishes the match, Excalibur says, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs wrestling this match like he was double parked. <laughs> he couldn't get out of there fast enough. Uh, I heard that too and I actually popped for it. What a great, I mean, you know, because there's been so many cliche lines, you know, oh, he doesn't get paid by the hour and all. <laughs> wrestling this match like he's double parked. Um, but Ricky Starks music hit Starks come out and even Starks coming out though and, and being the, the, the face to challenge Hobbs Hobbs still puts him on his ass and Hobbs the one who walks out tall mm-hmm. so Issa as the, as, the, as the fan of Ricky Starks that you are you know like Ricky Starks is down on his luck like when, when, does, when does the other side of the coin flip here 
it's got a flip soon, right? You gotta you you're trying to make Ricky Stars that underdog, uh, relatable baby face. I think that's what they're going for here. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I think it will maybe it will happen possibly against Hobbs. We'll see. We'll see what the plans are for them. But shout out to Ricky Starks because I actually did have a conversation with him this weekend, and he knows about our podcast. So he, you know he might be watching us. He knew who I was. So everybody knows who you are. But yes, I mean Ricky, yeah. look, he's full of charisma, and I and I don't. You know, I don't get mad when people say that that he, that they that he reminds them of a young rock. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's not that's not to say that Ricky Stark is going to be the A-lister in Hollywood in twenty years, but I do see some. I, I can see where people would draw a comparison, uh, and I, and I and that's a hell of a compliment if, if if people can if enough people, which again I see it every week when he's on mm-hmm. TV, somebody says it, and that's a hell of a compliment if people are going to consistently. Uh, draw some comparisons to the past of oh he looks like a young rock like a 1999 yeah. rock that's like wow yeah. yeah and i'm sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you justin but i just want to say that i love the fact that we got a squash match you know we talked mm-hmm. about it in the past recently i think a good old squash match works and we don't see them often enough in AEW, so it was refreshing to see mm-hmm. absolutely again absolutely especially in, in AEW. like i and i and it's not this is not just an AEW critique like yes i think that they sometimes they have their matches are too competitive between two people that I don't buy in to be at this competitive. I know they're trying to prop the other one up, but right. I'll even say in WWE, I think that especially with Raw being three hours, um, and granted it's now going to be a different kind of pace, probably three hours. It's different, but I still think I'm like I wish they would do some more squashes. You know, mm-hmm. there, there there usually is a handful of talent that gets left off of Raw or or, or those redundancy or whatever. And it's like. Scrap a few of these things, scrap a few of these two, three segment matches and give me two or three squads just to remind me that you have some of these characters there. Uh, just so they're there, I, you know, I, you know, and mm-hmm. so I think again, squash matches, sure, we're, we're, we're far removed from 30 years ago on Sunday morning where we're going to watch nothing but squash matches and, and, and established TV talent hit the three signature moves, but there's still a place for them. Um, so I, I agree. I, I absolutely love seeing a squash match every now and again, mm-hmm. especially with a guy like Powerhouse Hobbs who looks the part. He's got the special entrance. He gets the so I, I'm I'm all for it. Um, I'm here mm-hmm. for I'm here for the squash. Uh, we get a Darby Allen uh, pre-tape promo. Mm-hmm. Another uh, these things are always so damn entertaining. <laughs> he was tattooing himself. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, um, tattooing himself. He's tattooing his hand <sighs> as he tells a story about how he got Brody King hired. That he went to Tony Khan and said, "You need to hire Brody." So no, he little, didn't. That's what he's saying. Mm. Calling him a liar. That's what he's saying. The man's tattooing his hand. Uh, uh, he's saying that he got Brody King hired. That drives Brody nuts. Brody's trying to build his name off of Darby. They're going to have a cask or coffin match next week uh, at the Quake at the Lake, which is the dumbest damn name in the world. But I hate that name so much. Uh, <laughs> I, by the way, I know obviously Minnesota, the land of a thousand, but like Quake. At the, there's never been an earthquake in Minnesota. Like I've yeah. been to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. No, stupid. We could have done better. We could have done a better name. That 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 name is the mistake by the lake. Oh, <laughs> good, good call. Good call. That's what we will call it next week on the podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, somebody in the marketing department needs. Yeah. They need doc pay for the week. Um. Anyways, so Darby goes on to say, oh, because of the coffin match. So this this message, this hand's the last thing you're gonna see before I shut the coffin. It's it's a message to Brody. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Jimmy Darby versus Brody in a coffin match. Are you? Are you? Uh, are you? Are you siced? Are you geeked? Are you amped? Uh, not not entirely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. I would have liked a little more build to to these two as opposed to look here. They had one 
how many how many times did they confront each other? Well, they had the, there was the the the, the rumble thing, the, the the whatever the, the rampage rumble where Brody right. had a famous visual, great visual of choking yeah. Darby and just kind of dropping him, and then they had an interaction on dynamite. Yeah, they had a they had a they had a one on one match, and Brody was choked him out again. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and it seems like it didn't. There, there wasn't for me, and not enough built to, to to a coffin match. You know, this is like well, this is like you know a, a big time match, which is usually reserved for something like a pay per view. And I'm, obviously, they don't do as many pay per views or premium live events as the other guys do. So they put more of these bigger. Their matches premium on live event is the Quake at the Lake. Oh my goodness! Well, they had that interaction at San Diego Comic Con in which Darby was just speaking to the crowd, and and Brody came over and just messed him up. And while I appreciated this video package and the build up to it, I personally just think that Darby Allen just why would you want to take this match again? This man just literally mm-hmm. almost choked you out to death on live television. So why would you want to take this match again? Does it make you look brave, or does it make you look? A little silly that you would want to take on him again. We'll see how the match goes, but overall, I I, I I'm a fan of Brody King choking out I'm, Darby Allen. Though I'm just afraid that this match is going to be the mistake by the lake. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, he's a good call. I mentioned, and I, and I appreciate them trying to do things creative out of the box. So let's 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 stage a thing at Comic Con. But again, it goes back to my complaint that I've had all, all the times at AEW, which is like. Yeah, you can do things on being the elite. You can do things on rampage. You can do things on dark. You can do things on Twitter, or whatever. But like, again, growing audience, you got to just you got to always think of the mindset that if Dynamite's your A one show, if there's there are a lot of people that only watch Dynamite, so they don't see Dynamite, they're gonna do kind of what Jimmy just did, which they're gonna go, well, why is this a coffin match? This they could have easily added the clip to the video package too. It was like a thirty second clip. I'm yeah, not why, sure why, why that wasn't yeah. included for the people that haven't seen it. But I will say that clip. Uh, got a lot more views than some of their YouTube shows do, so I do think more of the more of the viewers did see that a lot more than mm. what they would watch Dark or BTE. But yeah, I'm with you on that, Justin Labar. I personally think they could have added the clip, and I think that mm-hmm. Darby could have gone in a different direction instead of "I helped you get like higher." He should have been like, "I don't understand why you're still, you know, picking on me or whatever," and gone on that direction with his promo. Mm. Yeah. All right, so we will uh, talk about the mistake at the league next Wednesday yeah. here. Uh, same, same rap time, same rap mm-hmm. channel. Okay, uh, up next, uh, blast from the past. This one, this one brings Jimmy uh, some mm-hmm. nostalgia. Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Now, is uh, is to note that earlier in the day we see Christian Cage being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Car comes speeding in through the uh, loading dock. It is Jungle Boy who gets restrained by security. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to be there, so keep that in mind. Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, a commentary not at all shine away. This is this is actually the start of the second hour, by the way. So uh, Jim Ross is now in commentary death. Start of the second hour. Uh, I think that's interesting because the second hour, again, that crossover into the hour, you're, you got two guys who have been in, in, on wrestling television for 20-plus years. Mm-hmm. Audiences very much remember them, very much know that they are linked by a lot of historic clips. So I thought that was interesting timing and placement. Uh, so Hardy versus Christian, um, they're very, very much acknowledging commentary that these guys have fought countless times in every different situation uh not you know obviously it did everything except say wwe but Mm -hmm. i i'm fine with that let's let's not ignore the obvious uh matt is the aggressor from a lot of the start of the match he is out there just uh, all over christian eventually we do we get the steel steps involved christian uh ramming his knee into matt's head on the steps we get a back body drop off the top of the ropes we get both the twist of fate from matt and the kill switch from christian both are countered by each noting how well these two men know each other. Uh, Matt delivers a side effect on the apron. Uh, 
grabs the uh, timekeeper's table, but ultimately Matt Hardy's the one who ends up eating that. He goes to the table, finally kill switch uh, by Christian. Christian gets the win. He then goes to threaten the concerto after the match. Out comes Luchasaurus, who provides the distraction for Jungle Boy, who apparently got to buy a ticket and somehow got into the crowd. He comes out, runs Christian Cage off. Uh, Jimmy, because you got so much history with these two, I'm going to uh, jump to you first. Uh, what do you think of the match of these two guys who have certainly uh, are on their final uh, final days? Uh, what do you like of the match of story? And then, of course, what it translates into after the fact of this Christian Jungle Boy, who obviously presumably headed into All Out, but right. a lot of personal, a lot of person per- personal stuff in this one. No, absolutely. You know what? It brought back a lot of nostalgia for me. And to me, if I can make this comparison, uh, I don't know how often Matt has faced Christian in the ring since both uh, have, you know, joined AEW. I don't recall ever seeing them in the ring against each other since both were with WWE. And to see them get in the ring and have this match, and it, it felt like two dance partners who hadn't danced together in like 10 years. And once the music hit, they were just like old partners again. These guys, they, they were fluid. They told a great story in the ring. They had great psychology, you know, and even the, using the finish, Christian's kill switch, uh, after Matt going through the table, which, you know, in today's world, you know, everybody kicks out of somebody's finish nowadays. At least this made it seem a little more authentic. I, I loved it. I love the match. I, I love seeing these guys. They look like... Uh, you could almost see it in their in their facials that they enjoyed working with each other again. Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because Isa, I I thought like um, having worked with both these guys and and hear can hear the personalities of them doing this like you know Matt Matt with a step spot and then they, they did a couple things off the ropes. I can I'm just like I can I can see these two like having a joke backstage, looking at all the young all the not the young bucks Matt and Nick mm-hmm. but all the young buck talent. In the locker room, and then and, 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 and Christian and Matt just kind of making a joke, like let's go out there and let's 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 let's, let's try to you know let's 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 try to you know steal our little quarter hour here and and, and do some right. do some crazy shit. Yeah, uh, they did have a match in the in, in AEW, Jimmy. The the thing about this is when Christian first came on board, I I believe uh, mm-hmm. Matt Hardy was actually one of his first opponents in AEW. However, it was a whole different vibe and feels and and different characters that we saw but they did i wish i remember everything about my personal Mm. life the way i remember wrestling i will be blessed but they did have a match in the past however it was completely different of what we saw tonight i personally thought this was the best that matt hardy had looked in a while in a match in the ring in AEW. we haven't seen him be a part of anything significant and i really really appreciated what he did out there tonight with christian for nostalgia factor you know we were all here for that uh and yeah, Jungle Boy tried to commit a vehicle homicide. Like, are we going to charge press charges for this or what? Because that's illegal. <laughs> don't start there. We don't need to start bringing in. A, I'm gonna sue you. We don't have that. That's one thing WWE's done over the years. It drives me nuts. It's like it, I know. It, it, we don't need well, lawyers. At least we didn't get a cement truck uh, coming in and pouring cement in the anyway. <laughs> the Corvette. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I gotta say, you you know, I I have a tr- I have a tremendous WWF. 90s mind i can give you from 92 to 98 main event of every pay-per-view pretty strong i can even give you location i got that well and i got some of the high points now you and your aew you your your rolodex on aew uh uh, like like i I don't know Mm -hmm. like 
Tell me what your Valentine's Day 2019 was. I mean, I'm sure it was, you know, candlelight and romance and, and, and what's, what song you danced to and what the dinner entree was. And can't remember that, but I can remember everything that's going on in wrestling for the last, like, five, six years. I can tell you that much. Uh, and she could tell you in Spanish and English. So it's, Yep. It's I do it both ways. Um, uh, hey, uh, mm. Pac's still the All-Atlantic champion. Yeah, he apparently defended it, he defended it someplace somehow. Everywhere but AEW. Yeah, it, you know I couldn't help it. They're showing me the package, and I'm like, all I could think as they're showing us the package is I'm like, I'm doing the Justin Roberts uh, Orange Cassidy <laughs> intro. And it's like Pack defending the title whenever, <laughs> wherever, yeah, against whoever. Oh, I know. It's just it, again. Th- here's a championship that 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 is part of that company that should be defended on their television. And we're getting the I- interim uh, AEW champion defending hit that title more often on television than than Pac is defending that championship. That to me, that's kind of uh, a backwards. Are these matches being shown on Dark? Because I do not watch Dark on Elevation. I do know that when Thunder Rosa went to Japan and had that match, they ended up adding it to AEW Dark. So I'm very curious to know, have they shown these pack matches on Dark? Because, I, I mean, he's doing wonders for this title. It's just, are, are people actually seeing it? I, 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 I barely recall this title being on TV outside of little video packages since mm-hmm. Forbidden Door. Yeah. Uh, well, Issa, if you ask, the people will answer. You can they can they can tell you if it's been shown anywhere else. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we get all ego Ethan Page in the ring. He's mad he's not on TV. He's mad that he's not a top ten seller of merchandise. He blames it on all the stupid fans. All the while, while he's ranting and raving, Stokely Hathaway comes out and is in the ring behind him. Stokely gives him a business card, whispers in his ear, and it seems that Stokely Hathaway is uh has uh, obtained a new client and Ethan Page. Um, uh, my question to you guys, and again, I know I was on vacation last week, so maybe I missed something. Uh, Dan Lambert? What is, is Dan Lambert no longer representing Ethan Page? Uh, your guess is as good as mine, but uh, it, I like the fact that this was quick. It wasn't drawn out, and it left a question, made people go, hey, what did he say to him? What did he whisper in his ear? Again, Leaving you thinking you uh, what the, what was what happened and wanting you to see more and to find out you know exactly what was said. Yeah, Isa. I mean, I mean, I, did, I was I the only one wondering like why is why is there no mention of Lambert here? I mean, we're acknowledging the team Taz is no longer a thing. Where is Dan Lambert? Right, maybe that's no longer a theme. I'm here for Stokely creating his own faction and and recruiting people. I think Stokely is incredible. However, I do think that Ethan Page can cut his own promo. I actually did did think that Dan Lambert was holding him back, and and we saw a little bit of that tonight. So maybe give Stokely to people that could use that mouthpiece. I personally think that Ethan Page can talk on his own, but regardless, I am very curious and intrigued about this. Yeah, uh, I agree with all that. I'm going to use this chance to say, okay, we got Ethan Page, who's a Canadian. We got Ethan Page who can talk. Stokely Hathaway can talk. Managers. I'm going to use all that as a common thread to say, where is RJ City? Why is my man RJ City only doing AEW? You want some? And RJ would be happy not to go out there and bump. He doesn't want to bump. Let RJ come. Like, why is RJ, you know, AEW's, uh, you know, paying RJ to do some entertaining stuff. Why is he not out there in front of a live crowd? Yeah, the same kind of magic that Danhausen has of kind of like just 
kind of a cult following and can do mm-hmm. things. Why is my guy RJ City not out there live on Dynamite? That's my gripe that I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by and advocate for. The only thing I can say to that is Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, this is fun. <laughs> we get the Gun Club versus the Acclaimed mm-hmm. in a dumpster mm-hmm. match. Uh, of course, for you uh, younger whippersnappers, maybe you might not remember 1998, but of course, I think all of us associate a dumpster match and a guy named Billy Gunn uh, mm-hmm. with the, he and the, he and Road Dog in a fun dumpster match against Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie in Mania. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice little play uh, probably to the history here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Caster and the Acclaim does get their entrance after, uh, you know, kicking uh, Daddy Ass's ass for a moment there mm-hmm. and, and, and letting everybody out to give the rap. Mm-hmm. Got to have the rap. It's the over part. Of course, and I, 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 I said it to myself. I didn't document anywhere, so you might think I'm lying. But I did say to myself, I bet you Max Cash is going to find a way to rhyme Vince McMahon into this. Sure enough, mm-hmm. he does. Gets the McMahon reference. Gets the big O. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a look. Just let's just talk a claim for a second, <clears throat> uh, Jimmy. You know, in all the talk of, of Wardlow and Darby <clears throat> and some of the other names that are the AEW homegrown talent that aren't mm-hmm. aren't uh, former WWE guys or girls. Uh, the acclaimed uh, really have shot themselves up there in that conversation of just some of the yeah. most organic overacts right now that, that mm-hmm. AEW's produced. No, absolutely, and and like you said, uh, it, it, and it goes back to you know we talked earlier t- tonight about MJF and MJ one of MJF's gripes to Tony Khan whether it's a work or whether it's a shoot, talking about them putting the emphasis on ex WWE guys. That's what it feels like with the acclaimed because the acclaimed aren't. XWWE guys, these are guys that are, like you said, homegrown talents who have gotten over on their own. And yeah, they did the little fireworks display with the Vince McMahon reference in the rabbit, but they do that every week. But at the same time, they back it up in the ring. Yeah. And that's the main thing. And there's, there's again, one thing that they are strong in is the tag division. And there's a team that should be at the top, if not near the top of the tag division. And, and they should be given a little more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some attention to. Let's put it that way. Issa, are you uh, nodding your heads to the rap? Are you uh, are you screaming, scissor me, ass daddy? Are you on the acclaimed bandwagon? Oh, 1,000%. Listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love everything that the acclaim is doing. I, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I will get into the match, but I thought I thought everything was perfect. I, I know that Max Castor knows how to get people talking about him in, in his raps, in, in the references that he mm-hmm. makes. He did it again tonight. But like you said, this is not a just tonight thing. He does it every week. Every week he throws a reference in his raps that makes you kind of have to go on Twitter and say something about it. So good for him. He knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't say everything's perfect, but I will say this is entertaining. We'll get to the, we'll get to perfection here in a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah so the match here. So we get, um, you know, very, uh, it's just a hardcore match. It's, it's a very, you know, a lot, a lot of goo goo gaga, a lot of smoke and mirrors, trash cans, weapons, which, what have you. Um, the, the big climax comes to, uh, caster tossing Austin gun off of the entrance tunnel into the dumpster. Mm-hmm. And then we see for the win caster mic drop does a, the mic drop, which is a, a flying elbow on the Colton gun through a table. The table absolutely just explodes. That, that's yeah. a great visual. And then they throw uh, Colton into the dumpster, close the lid. So that's the match. The acclaim wins. Then they proceed again, kind of nod to the old, you know, old history of the dumpster match mm-hmm. in the 90s with the guns uh they <laughs> uh they, they they finally roll the dumpster off of the staging area after a little trouble maneuvering it uh the the, the dumpster was uh was not a work dumpster uh right. they they roll it off the stage 
And you, yeah, you watch the visual of it. Um, you you see the padding that it, they throw it into. You see packing peanuts fly out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I don't know why. Out of the curtain, you see the tech crew and everybody coming out, getting ready to try to clean. It was it, all mm-hmm. I could think, Jimmy, was one word: rehearsal. Yes, I don't think there was one. <laughs> and if there was one, then that, it, that's not the way it, it, it likely went. Uh, rehearsal, you know, again, if, if there was a rehearsal, rehearsal went better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, exact, exacto mundo. Um, here's the only thing, though. Look, I get it. The you know the elbow through the table and stuff like that. But we saw a table earlier in the night. There, there could have been some other something else they could have used because you know we've already seen a table that night. That's one of the things that maybe matches should look at. You know, hey, look, we're using a table in our match. Are you guys going to use a table in your match? Or blah 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 and stuff like that. I know it's people say, well, who cares? I, I, we already saw the table, so it kind of loses a little bit of its luster for me, at least. Anyways, whether maybe they could have brought out a ladder and have him laid out on the ladder and do the elbow while he's laid out on the ladder, or, or you know, or, drape or, him across or, a couple of chairs or something. Or, well, or, or um, drape a table over top the top of the dumpster, have him go through the table into the dumpster, and then have him cut, you know, kind of pile out. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I get, but I get what you're saying. It is a little, little redundancy here. That's, that's, yeah. that's the quality. That's some of the quality control things. But uh, the, not take it away from the effort the guys put in because they, they really did a hell of a job. Of, no, all, know, yeah, all, 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 all involved. It had a hell of an effort. It was, the, yeah. I, I didn't, I couldn't, Ace, I couldn't help it. I, I might be nitpicking here of, 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 of the, the, how to make the sausage, but it was just a little bit of an anticlimactic. I would have, I actually, yeah. now seeing it, I would have rather than not roll the dumpster off. I would rather, Mm-hmm. Get both of them in the dumpster, sh- sh- close the lid, and just celebrate. The right. rolling off, it, it, it just didn't look good. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. I I couldn't help but to think the same thing. Like it took it took away a little bit from what was a really fun match. Felt very attitude era. I mm-hmm. can't help but to wonder. I'm you know I'm always here to throw the little make you think comment. But last night we saw a false count everywhere match between Von Wagner and Sol Sokoa. And Sol Sokoa went riding to the dumpster at the NXT parking lot. Was was WWE trying to steal a little bit of thunder from this dumpster match? I don't know. But we literally just saw a dumpster spot last night on NXT. So Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. So that was your dumpster match of the night. We go in now to the main event. It is Wheeler Yuta versus Chris Jericho. The stipulation here is that if Wheeler Yuta can beat Chris Jericho, yeah. he will get Chris Jericho's title shot at the interim world champion, John Moxley, mm-hmm. next week at the Quake at the Lake. Um, we get uh, you know, Jericho's out there with the JAS. Um, uh, Claudio is going to make his entrance to come out afterwards. He's going to be there to try to even the odds to make sure that mm-hmm. he keeps an eye on the JAS. Ultimately, uh, JS is going to get kicked out. Claudio isn't going to leave. So, uh, and I'm, which I'm all fine with. I actually think I always mm-hmm. like, I, I prefer that. I prefer like, let's acknowledge that there could be outside interference. Let's, mm-hmm. if, if, let's negate it. Let's get him out of there. So that way, um, it just explains it away. Uh, shout out to Wheeler who, and the mm-hmm. pushing and shoving that starts the match. Jericho's got his nose bandaged up, which commentary makes note of. It's still from the, the lasting effects of the bar bar mm-hmm. match at Kingston. Mm-hmm. Wheeler, you know, flicks his nose. It's such a such a juvenile little thing, but it was so oh. funny, but so effective mm. and logical, and um, made sense. Yeah, it just made sense. It was fun. Um, so that all happens uh, you know, back and forth. Uh, ultimately, though, Jericho's going to end up getting the win with the walls of Jericho. He won't let go of the walls of Jericho. Refs trying to pull him off. Moxley comes out to the crowd. 
uh, wild thing and all. He chases off Jericho. Jericho then gets on the mic and says, Moxley, next week, you and me for that world title, and you're going to get the lion heart. So Jericho, who's pulling out some of his different incarnations, uh, uh, different you know, chapters in his mm-hmm. career, going to pull out the last surviving you know, member of the heart dungeon, Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Issa, is that what you're most looking forward to at the Quake at the Lake? Oh, please stop saying Quake at the Lake. <laughs> please, you, you must be stopped. <laughs> I am I am excited for this match. I thought I thought this was a lot of fun. I the flick of the nose was absolutely incredible for me. I popped for it more than I probably should have. Uh, but yeah, I love the idea of Chris Jericho just bringing out whatever version of himself he needs to bring out for whatever for what the match calls. Right? We just saw him bring out the paymaker in that barbed wire match, and I think somebody that has reinvented himself so many times throughout the last 20, 30 years that we've seen him, you know. It's incredible that he's able to go back to these personalities, and I actually look forward to it. I'm excited for Moxley and and Jericho next week. I think it's going to be fun, and this match was a lot of fun. It was a great main event. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I really enjoyed the main event, and we talk a lot about how people can get over without going over, and thanks to Chris Jericho uh, and, and Yuta himself as well because he is a good talent. Yuta got over in this match without going over. And there were times in the match where you even questioned, like going into this, I thought to myself, Jericho makes the most sense to go over. Jericho is the most sense yeah. to face, uh, you know, uh, Moxley next week at the mistake by the lake. But um, uh, it, 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 there were times where I went, Oh, that almost looked like he had the opportunity to win there uh, again. And, and led to a really good finish. And, and I really enjoyed the match and it made a lot of sense. And I liked here, I liked the promo afterwards that, that uh, Jericho cut and, and saying that he's going to get the, the old lion heart. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see what his appearance is, what his ring gear is, what his music mm-hmm. is, what he, what he pulls out uh, right. from that era of his career. Uh, obviously we'll, the three of us, I believe will be back next week after that event. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess a little prediction, like what are we expecting? Cause you know, the interim world title, I mean, this is, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, Punk's out for the time being, so they have this interim champion. They had to go with Moxley, mm-hmm. but you know, like obviously, it's probably a fluid situation of okay, how long is Punk out for? How's his rehab? What have you? What's what's in time for All Out? Uh, and and Jer- you know, you know, Moxley's had some Moxley versus Jericho is, is a very unpredictable thing. You can never count out Jericho. Like so, you could you could see a situation of oh, they put the title Jericho for so like what do you what are you guys thinking like is, is this a match? I mean. Is this a match that has a foregone conclusion that it's going to be entertaining, but Mox is definitely retaining? Or, you know, depending on what the situation is of Punk and other others that might affect this, like, could this be an actual, could we actually see an interim champion drop the title for another interim champion? Issa? I, I don't see Moxley losing this title anytime soon. I think the match is going to be entertaining, but I personally don't see Moxley you know, dropping this title. I think it's going to be CM Punk against Mox. I don't think it makes his run any less fun. I've been enjoying everything that Moxley has been doing, but I personally don't see him dropping the title. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, normally in, in the world of when you go the interim title route, you have an interim champion and they just remain mm-hmm. the interim champion until the incumbent champion comes back to to mm-hmm. to, to challenge him. Um, but again, you, you're putting two guys here that you could, I, I could see a booking either either way. Yeah, and there's a way to keep the title on Moxley without having him defeat Jericho. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier today. Someone cut a scathing 
quote unquote shoot promo at Tony Khan saying that he puts emphasis on ex WWE guys. And next week you're having a title interim title match with two ex WWE guys, Moxley versus Y two J Chris Jericho. So what if someone were to return someone who hasn't been talked about someone who hasn't been seen someone who hasn't even been acknowledged by the commentary. Jimmy, and don't just, get me excited. Stop. And, and completely buggers up the match to the point where it gets thrown out. You know what I mean? And then, then he cuts the scathing promo of, Hey, you want someone to be interim champion until the champion comes back. I'm the money guy, not these guys. I'm the guy who makes money here. I'll be the one who takes that title off of Punk, whatever the case may be. We don't need any of these ex guys from the other company. I am the man here, or something. Oh, you know, you know, whatever. Jimmy Cordaire is calling yeah. a shot of MJF taking the main event hostage next week. Maybe. I love it. I love. I love the idea. I. I hope you're right, Jimmy. Issa's <laughs> ears just perked up a little bit higher. Yo. <laughs> also, you know what? We were on the talk of Jericho. We didn't mention the Sabi Guevara and Ty Conti wedding segment that was yes. interrupted oh, yeah. by Eddie Kingston. Oh my God, I love that so mm. much. Where Eddie was like, Why am I watching this? This is a wrestling show. Again, Eddie Kingston just keeps being so real, so relatable. He just mm. he just mm. never gets old. And yeah. Eddie did, and off of that, Eddie did challenge him to a match at All Out. So yeah, I, I did. I, there's, I don't always get all. I don't always get to all the pre-taste of promos because some of them don't always necessarily translate to something that we need to talk about tonight. But that did happen uh, for for the for the Eddie and Sammy fans. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, they are the uh, uh, the couple that everybody loves to hate. Um, yeah. what a gimmick! All right, uh, that's going to do it though for AEW Dynamite tonight from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I, I'm going to be really curious on the numbers for this, both because mm-hmm. we're watching trends, both because they kind of mix things up. What is uh, how does that first segment come off with Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy? How do the women do it at the, at the 830 spot? How do mm-hmm. WWE Legends and Christian and Matt do on the crossover? What's the main event do? You know, I'll be really interested to see uh, how the trends are. So, of course, you can check all that out on WrestlingInc.com. Wrestling mm-hmm. Inc. will, of course, have all of that information and analysis uh, on Absolutely. the website. So look forward to that. Uh, Issa, what do you want to plug, my dear? Uh, everybody can find me on YouTube, NYC Demon Diva. You can also find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Also, Lucha Libre Online if you want to hear some Espanol. John, Jimmy, nice. uh, do you got a ref and rant tomorrow morning? Yes, I have a ref and rant set for tomorrow morning, and you get your ref and rant T-shirts at the you know, the usual place. Just go to my you know my my uh, Twitter account, and you can find out where it is. And uh, you know, I do it Monday to Friday. I don't do weekends. I got to take a couple of days off at least anyways. Uh, and, it get, and it gives my camera person, my wife, uh, a couple of days not to have to deal with my rants. And also you can find me here on Mondays and Wednesday nights talking uh, sports entertainment on Mondays and pro wrestling on Wednesdays. <laughs> I guess you could. I don't know. But anyway. Very good. Very good. I'm at Justin LaVar. Uh, of course, I'm, yeah, I'm here on Mondays and Wednesdays as well with uh, Jimmy. I'll be on uh, Busted Open this Friday morning at 10.30 a.m. with Ryan McKinnell and Thunder Rosa. We'll be talking oh. fallout from SummerSlam and all the all uh, the uh, stir-up that is going on in Stanford. So that ought to be fun. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, again, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, leave a comment, tell a friend, do what you got to do. Uh, tweet any and all of us. Tell us where in the world you are, Carmen San Diego, when you are watching and listening to this podcast. Is, are you watching? Are you listening? Are you just listening to Jimmy and I? And then are you watching when Issa's voice uh, comes up on the screen? 
<laughs> Tell me all your secrets. Tell me all your tricks. I want to know. Uh, are you tuning your boss out? Are you tuning your teacher out, or whatever it is? Just share. I love that. I love to share it. And if I if I if I save it well enough, I like to to share them on the podcast. So do all those things. Uh, big thanks to everybody in the chat. Big thanks to those who uh, dropped some uh, coin for the super chat. That's funding mm-hmm. Raj's uh, Paris trip right now. Good on you. <laughs> we'll be back as we always are here on Wrestling Inc. Nonstop, twenty four seven. Your number one source for wrestling news, entertainment, and analysis. Be good.